Today I'm with Nivea. Welcome, Nivea. Um, Nivea is from Brazil and a university professor hailing from Brazil and a journalist. Um, and we're here today to talk about your experiences um, and the lessons learned, really, from moving to America. So, hi, Nivea. It's wonderful to be with you today. Hello, hello, hello. I really want to thank you for being here because um, one of the things um, that I wanted to look at with you is we share the fact that we both live in America and we share another thing, which is that um, neither of us set out to live in America. So um, I wanted to start by exploring that with you because, you know, I'm curious about you know, you were happily living in Brazil um, with a strong profession, a family, and all change. Yeah, life. Life <laughs> happens, right? <laughs> this is what I say to not say other words. Life happens. And now we can laugh. I hope we can laugh later about all the other stuff happening now too, right? But yeah, so I'm Brazilian um, and I lived my whole life in Brazilian in Brazil until I was um, 42. And I had a career in university. Uh, first, I had, of course, I, I had my bachelor's in journalism. And then um, I decided to teach. And that's another thing about life. Um, and then I pursued my master's and my PhD. So everything started when I was um, my second year of PhD. And I needed to do a fellowship in Spain. I was planning to do five months in, in Spain. And that doesn't mean that I wanted to leave in Spain. That means that I wanted to spend some time there. So mm. I loved to travel. And I was, the, my whole life, I always dream about traveling for some time and then coming back to Brazil. That was not possible because I was a mother uh, very young. I was 17 when I had my my son so those kinds of interchange program was not for me because I had a kid to take care of, and that's fine I'm very thankful that I had him and when I was doing my PhD um, I needed to improve my Spanish so I decided to go to Chile that was very cheap to do a month of um, uh, intensive course and I met an American there and I think I, we needed to stop a little bit here to explain my relationship relationship with us not sure if you want to hear that but whatever it's part of the story right um i was never attracted to come to us i never never attracted to the country um we have a lot of brazilians trying to go through the borders um they think that this is the promised land and i i don't judge them because everybody knows what's best for everybody uh, but for me i had a, a very strong as um, feeling of responsibility with my country, it it was called undeveloped for a long time. Uh, it was sacked um, in history. So Latin America has a kind of very complicated history, and I'm being really left wing. I had a vision of everything in a critical way. Mm -hmm. So U.S. for me was like that country that supports some of the dictatorships there. So I had those kind of, of course, coming to visit was fine because I think we needed to be curious about the others. We cannot keep criticizing something without knowing. 
but I never planned to be involved with an American or um, be living in U.S. So I went to Chile, um, and then um, in, in the course and in the, in the school, I met an American. Of course, life happened, and that American uh, followed me to Brazil. And he lived there five years. I finished my PhD. I went to Spain. I spent my five months there. He stayed in Brazil. And eventually we got married because he needed to keep uh, his visa in Brazil, which is the opposite with everybody uh, planned because they want to marry an American to have the visa to stay in the U.S. And, and that was the opposite that happened to us. So that was what happened. And when I finished my PhD, um, the natural uh, path that you follow is to go to a public university. And in Brazil, if you go to a public university to teach, you got the tenure automatically. Like if they hire you, you pass a test, they hire you. Uh, it's a very difficult test. You have lots of competition, but you have the job forever. So it's kind of difficult to go to a public university after you're being a PhD and leaving that job to do anything else like to. Mm. It's, it's very rare. And I was working in a, a private university in, in that moment. And I was kind of hangover from my PhD. I had a hangover and I was critical of academia and rethinking my life, that kind of thing. My son was a grown up. He was like having, he was living with me, but he was living his life. So um, I decided, I said, well, we needed to do something else. And then mm. talking to the American that was my husband in that moment, is my husband now. He said, well, uh, we need to think about that because I don't want to be in Brazil, he said. Mm. And I was like, oh, really? And what happened is that in the five years there, we discover big cultural differences that it's, it's very funny in a couple that come from different backgrounds. I, used, I was born and used to live in a city with two million people. And Brazil has that uh, characteristic of having a lot of violence mm. uh, there. So when we grow up, we grow up taking care of ourselves like we were we were taught trained to look around to have the radar on all the time so it's natural for us to put your purse in your side or in your front um, to walk looking at the sides you don't go relaxed like there is no relaxation there when you're in the street in public places because something can happen all, all the time right. so when this american goes there he, he was he was uh, grown up. He was raised in Maine, in a small island that in the winter has five thousand people only there. Uh, the I keep I, I have the joke that uh, the worst thing that could happen in his island was a raccoon crossing his um, path and spray him. That was the most violent thing that could happen there. So he was raised in that peaceful inside of a um, national park, and he goes to this two million. Uh, people um, city and of course he takes care he needs to take care of himself mm. so all the time I was like pay attention look at that look at that and then he was always stressed with that so in our uh, reflection about where to go uh, next we decided that um, neutral country would be the best one 
So a neutral place that both of us uh, would love to be, that would like dream about, and we developed that Europe would be the best place because I have inherited it, I have ancestry there. Um, so we start to uh, entertain that plan, and that is where the adventure starts. Very good. And did you pinpoint where you wanted to live in Europe? Did you start making a plan? which country in Europe you were going to go to? I I, I, I loved Spain, the, the mm. time that I spent there. I, I really liked there. Um, I love Italy because my family comes from there. So it would be the Latin side, I mm. think. Um, mm. So we start to entertain the idea. And then, of course, seeing visas, seeing jobs. And um, in a moment, he came to me, the husband came to me saying, yeah, but I'm, I'm far from my family for five years now. Mm, mm. and i was like yeah yeah i understand because in latin america we value a lot family so mm. being far away or changing your plans for family is, is something that it's very close to the, the, the your heart so we were trying to think about the idea to spend some time in u.s for him to be next his um, father um that lives in maine and um in that moment that we we're trying to decide, his grandma died. Mm. Uh, and his grandma had a bed and breakfast in that island in Maine. And the family needed someone to manage the bed and breakfast and should be someone from the family um, until they sell the business. It was the second bed and breakfast in the, in the island. Very mm. traditional. And very attached, emotional attached attached to the family so it was a family thing and then his father called him and he is the only son by his father and said do, do you want to come maybe we need someone here i can't manage i cannot because his father lives in another town and he came to me asking i was like why not mm. like i didn't want to be a furniture in a public university because i would be there forever like, I, I feel that it would be, like, turned to be a furniture on the walls. And I, I think I would, like, make my English better and maybe do something else. And I thought about the hangover from academia. Why not? I can just go back. That was all the thoughts. And my son is uh, grown up. He, he's fine. So, yeah, why not? But and I would go for seven years. Oh, I was just about to ask you. I was literally about to say, and when you made that plan, how long did you gauge? So seven years. Okay. Yeah, that was my 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 first thing because I had that um, commitment to my country. I feel that Brazil needs the brain, needs people that would work to develop to be a very democratic country and that everybody has opportunity or at least the basic needs um, fulfilled. So, so what was the plan? The plan was to spend seven years in the US and then move to Europe or to move back to Brazil? So the what, idea what was your was, intention? Mm. Yeah, the idea was uh, that we would see. We would uh -huh. see after that mm. if if we would go back to Brazil or not, feeling the heart of both of, both of us. Like mm. the plan in Europe would be in the drawer. We call that, we, we, we filed the plan. Mm. And, and then we would pay attention to which passion we were going to follow and, and then, think about that but my mm. goal was to convince him to go back to brazil 
That right. Was, okay. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> that was your agenda. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I, it's it was funny because before before we leave there, leaving uh, Brazil, I, I I showed him a lot of places that oh, when we come back, we can come back to leave this next to the beach because you like the beach, that kind of thing. Like I was like all set up for us to go back to a a small town, a calm one that would be more for his like and, and I would be happy too, that kind of thing, to try to put together as we always do when we are married to someone, right? So um, we moved uh, in 2016. And if you make the counts, you're going to see that I'm still in your seven years later, right? Because life happens, right? Always like that. So um, we moved here. I spent... And um, three years working in the bed and breakfast. And that was a shock by itself because someone that was raised in the two million people with violence, cars, blah, 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 pollution, goes to a very small island that's um, mainly touristic, that's calm, super calm in the winter, that you can see yourself and your dog only in the streets, no so. So for me, it was like a very different way of seeing life mm. and shocking, shocking. Um, even the light, the change of light between winter and, and um, summer That's was summer. for me shocking. Yeah, it was awful because sometimes it was four o'clock and I was like, oh, it's, I'm, I'm, I need to be ready for bed. I was like, yeah, Why? Because it was dark. dark. Yeah. <laughs> Peach black, peach, peach black. I said, yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. And I, oh my god, it's four o'clock. What am I going to do? So my body went down. We we don't produce a lot. It's complicated, right? But I I managed to adapt, and I really enjoyed the time there because mm-hmm. I got connected to nature. Um, I think it was a way different way of seeing me as a person not attached to job because. Mm-hmm. We have that we have that um, habit sometimes, and that was very strong with me because I was alcoholic my whole time, my whole life, and then my my father was like that too. He you was were like, what, oh, what, what workaholics? You did you say? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. My father was very workaholic, and I got that from him. Like that, you need to always be doing something productive. Mm. And it's very ingrained in our culture. Yeah, a so, strong work ethic. But they have a strong work ethic in the States too. So you would fit yeah. that in. <laughs> that was what happened. That was what happened because it was funny. The first month that I was in the bed and breakfast, of course, I had my broken English. Uh, people trying to help. They were very nice with me. Very nice with me. Um, and husband came to me saying, oh, uh, they like you. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, they say that you work hard. That is... Uh, compliment here in the mm, United States mm, yeah people and I was like hard. oh yeah and I said yeah that that's the thing that that's I'm happy but of course that has the other side of the the story so I kept like working very hard there um in the bed and breakfast I did everything like cleaning toilets have housekeeping and um cooking for gas it was nice because I discovered other side of myself but um, in the same time, I was like, okay, I'm Nivea who? Mm, mm. Like, I'm Nivea the innkeeper. I'm Nivea the, the ex-professor. I'm Nivea... Because that was very strong on me. Um, mm. and, and 
And and that when is- you, oh, I just wanted to ask, given you had that question coming up for you, when you came over to take over the bed and breakfast, the family needed that. But was there a purpose? Was it to take care of it long term? Was it to what was the intention behind you coming to take care of the bed and breakfast? Because if it if you were going to be here for seven years, it was never going to be you permanently looking after the bed and breakfast. So what was your what was your your and your husband's intention with the bed and breakfast? What was your plan? The idea was to help the family uh, to sell the bed and breakfast. Oh, so okay. To manage until being so sold. effectively lose it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Great. Because it, it 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 was the plan because none none no people in the family his father and the, the uncle and aunt they mm. were not interested in in mm. managing the bed and breakfast. But in the same time, at the same time. His father was emotionally attached to the bed and mm, breakfast. Mm. So while we were here, we came with a plan to manage, to help the family, to be there for them. Because I'm not sure, but in the classification of hotels in the U.S., a bed and breakfast should have someone living in there, like living in the property. Mm-hmm. And in, it, it's, it's common that family stays there, like that the guests have always a family there. Mm. It, that was us. We lived inside of the of hotel. Course. Mm. In, the, in the basement of the hotel was our apartment. So if someone needs, we're there. So we came to help family. And in my mind, I had that, okay, we're going to be there until sell. And then we're going for the next thing. And then I kept entertaining the idea that maybe teaching in the U.S. would like give me some um, experience um, to go back to Brazil better. Like, oh, mm. I'm going to be a better professor because I'm going to have this kind of experience in a different culture and everything. So in my dreams, we would sell in a year, in two years, the bed and breakfast. And then I would apply for jobs here. And then in the other five years or four years, I would teach and then we come back to to, to Brazil. It was easy, right? Mm. Apparently so, in your mind. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, uh, In my mind, everything is easy. (laughs) And what happened in reality? Did that well, happen? reality took took three years for us to sell the the bed okay. and breakfast, and um, his father always trying to ask us to stay, like to us to buy the bed and breakfast. And we entertained the idea too because it's beautiful there, but it was not the moment for us to settle down that way. Um, then we we agree on that, and then when it's sold, that that happens. The, the worst thing in our life like was a big turn. Now I laugh, but of course I was crying the moment. It was the end of 2019. Uh, we spent six months training the new owners there in the bed and breakfast. And then we were like, okay, now what are we going to do? And I'm not sure what we thought. I don't remember what we thought about if we were going back to Brazil or not, but I feel that was not the time and it was not the time because I didn't finish the seven years too that I promised mm, to him. Mm, mm. So I feel that I needed to make my word, like support my word. So our goal was um, to change to another city that would have like year-round um, activity that it could have better jobs. And I was open to do anything. Like it's and any teaching, right? any teaching job or any job. No, any job, any mm-hmm. job. In, while I was in the in the island, 
we had a very busy uh, summer uh, season, and in the winter was very calm. That was like driving me crazy. Yeah, really. So quiet. I used to, yeah, very quiet. So what I what I did, I used the winter to apply for positions in universities. Of course, lots of no's. I made collection of no's, no's from all over, because they didn't know me. I understand that. Because I was a PhD from Brazil. I didn't do any scholarship here. So I understand. Of course, I kept doing my research. I went to conference all by myself just to keep that side of my curriculum up. But I kept like for three years, you're receiving a lot of no's and you need to pay your bills. You get any kind of job. So were you looking specifically for a teaching job or were you just up for any job? No, in, in, in that moment, I was spe- I was specifically searching for any kind of job because while I was in Bar Harbor, I was applying for different kinds of job during the winter that mm. we didn't have anything happening there. And I got a lot of no's. I applied for jobs, teaching jobs everywhere in the US. And the idea was to leave, of course, the, the bed and breakfast after being sold and then go to this kind of teaching job, get some experience and then go back to Brazil, easy. And uh, that didn't happen. I, I got a lot of notes. They didn't know about my scholarship. So I understood that. Um, so in that moment, we need to pay bills. We need to have mm-hmm. a house because we're out of the bed and breakfast. That was That gave house. you your home, yeah. Yeah. It was very emotional to leaving there uh, because, of course, it was a lot of memories for his family. Um it was was complicated. It was very complicated. I got attached, of course, because mm. it was my family anyway. Like, and it was your first home in America. Leaving, yes. Yeah, that's what I visit. mean. No, I meant yeah, exactly. it's your first home living in America. Yeah, yeah, it was a very pleasant experience. People in Maine are very warm. Mm. Everybody keep telling us that oh, Americans are cold, blah blah blah. And I was like, no, I didn't find anything like that. They were very very welcome. And yeah, and but that kind of not having plans just drove me crazy. And we decided to move to a city that was um, bigger and be around with activity around. Of course, trying to find teaching jobs, but any kind of job would come. So that was the end of 2019. Husband got a job in a hotel, and then he just introduced me to the same guy. And the guy said, okay, I can put you as a hostess. And I said, perfect, I I will do that. So we moved in December 23rd to a bedroom. We share a house with some students because we had like some savings and we were planning to buy a house. Even though we're not staying in U.S., Having property here since he was America was one of our plans. Like, yeah, we can buy a house and then we can rent the house and have some income. So we went to a bedroom. A husband, me, and the dog cramped in the bedroom. And I got my first training in that hotel on the 24th of December. Um, And then the guy, five minutes in, I was watching some videos. And then the guy said, the manager came to me saying, I'm sorry, I cannot hire you anymore. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we filled for bankruptcy. Oh. Neither you or your husband could work here. So suddenly we were almost homeless and no jobs for both of us. So at that moment, I was like, the only thing that didn't kill me 
was that we had some seeds mm. because you know, and then you know what happened after that, right? December of 19, 2019. Oh, of course, COVID. <laughs> exactly. So I applied for all kinds of jobs. January mm. of 2020, I was like applying for everything. Salesperson and Bath, Bath and Beyond, um, uh, letter carrier, anything. And then I got a job as a paralegal in an office that defends, that sues the people that crash um, rental cars. And then I said, okay, let's do it. It's money. We pay the bills. I have a job. Okay, let's learn everything. I spent a month there. I got depressed. I was about to say, I bet you got very demoralized. It was awful. Every day I was like looking at police reports, accidents and everything and trying to find people to get the money from them. Awful. So when the post office called me saying, because I apply in January, called me saying, "Do do you want to have the job? And I was like, yeah, sure. And everybody was um, isolated in their house in that moment. That was April. But you were getting so, a, an essential worker job. Exactly. And mm. I said, that, that's amazing. I'm going to be in the streets. Mm. Everybody's going to be inside of their home. I'm, going to be I'm, I'm doing this. Yeah. You're yeah. going to stay fit, strong. Yeah. I thought all about that. I said, no, that, that, that's me. Perfect. I just didn't know that I would work 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, goodness. So, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. Of course, I have still in my mind some addresses from the small town that we delivered uh, because you need to memorize the addresses, mm. all, all town addresses. And I was replacing all the other letter carriers in their day off. So I have all the, I, I know the house, it's so funny. <clears throat> it was fun in this part, but I had a boss that was a bully and, uh, of course, working like um, lots of hours like that, I found something that I never found in my life, exhaustion. Mm. I really faced exhaustion. I got sick. Um, I had some stuff that I never thought that I would have in my life, vertigo. Um, I needed to go to emergency room one day because I, I, I thought that I was getting blind uh, it, because I was tired, too mm. tired. So I made... I think the most difficult decision in my life related to jobs is just leaving. I quit. Yeah, and quitting without a job, right? Without a job exactly. to go to. I was so desperate that I, I said I, I can't I can't handle that. Mm. So I had days that I had the snow in my waist to deliver. And oh. they were like, yeah, you need to deliver. Yeah. Snow, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the type of job of mm-hmm. um, USPS here, um, letter carry. It was beautiful if I had an eight-hour day or if I had my weekends all the time and, and eventually I had in the end, but I was already super exhausted. Mm. So it's funny because when I decided to quit, everybody then knew us. They were like, oh, really? How are you quitting a job that has a very beautiful retirement plan and blah, 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 and, and you have like the union it has your back and yeah i had but it was not enough i was mm. absolutely tired mm. so that was the moment that i was most lost i think here mm. and i was thinking about going back to brazil in that moment mm. and when you came up with that thought of going back to brazil were you thinking you'd go alone or you know because sometimes in when someone else is settled in their own country 
it can be and you know and marriages can survive you know just because two people are in different countries so when you had that thought was it just a thought or were you beginning to actually genuinely intend to go back to brazil how how it serious was, was it as an it intention? was a thought it and was not yeah. yeah it was a thought because i knew that i promised the seven years of course i knew that husband was expecting me to keep but uh, he was feeling bad too but the he, temptation you know, but, was there yeah was there and my, it's funny my mom kept saying like come back come back i can take care of you she was like that but somehow in my heart i knew that i needed to have that experience mm. uh, it's funny how we know um mm. that we need to learn some lessons in the moment we can complain but then we understand that has a purpose after some years or something. and what did you learn well i learned that i'm not my job ah very good and in my hand in my job can kill me if i keep like having this type of relationship with my job mm. in brazil it was like until 11 p.m working sometimes in some project and, and my son would come to me and say mom uh, i think it's kind of late right mm. uh so i was sick mm. like when you dress your job right mm. so it's interesting because you the picture you're painting is that you're defined by up until this life-changing moment you're defined by your job and in america there's it's quite easy to fall into that because people are tempted to be defined by their jobs here you know it's a natural and easy social point but people do take their jobs quite seriously as a as a statement as a definition of who they are so was this a, a turning point in because you said earlier about nivea who was this like chapter two of Nivea Who, like where you're going, you know, well, I'm not my job. I've got that answer. So who who, who are you? Who were you? What did you discover? I'm Nivea. <laughs> I, I discovered I'm Nivea. Yeah. It was so painful to, to give up a job that was good, that was being good for family. And, and I was outside and I was helping people. I felt like I was helping people in the most uh, need time. They need the packages delivered. They need the letters. They were everybody was inside of home, so I felt some kind of mission. But in the same time, that mission was killing me. Mm. It was too much. A lot of people left the the the, the mail, the post office, because of that, because they were afraid of getting COVID. I understand. We had old people there that they were like, "I'm I'm not doing this." And for me, it was like, "Yeah, it's killing me," but by exhaustion. Mm. So I was very lost after that. And I was like very sad that I didn't have any kind of job in universities, um, teaching job at all. Um, it, it was the, the, the end of the, the well. Like I was like, whatever. At end now, of the, the world? The, the well. The well, you know, the, when you oh, go when there's no, oh, the there's, well. Oh, right. Okay. The bottom of the well. You'd reach the, the bottom, bottom of the well. Yeah, the, yeah, it was the bottom of the well. Yeah. So for me, it was like, whatever, whatever comes to me now, I, 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 I don't know anymore. I, I'm mm. not trying to control anymore. So what I did is that unemployed, uh, unemployment and system of unemployment is good because when you work a lot, you, you have some kind of savings, right? So I was thinking about my life. I spent some months thinking about that and keeping continue doing research. And I applied for the, what I said to myself, it was the last time 
that I was going to apply to a, a university job. I said, oh, whatever. All the winters, I was applying to 20, 35 university jobs. And then in that year was uh, the end of 21, October 21, I said, oh, that, that's the last one. Uh, um, if it's not for me to teach here, I'm not teaching here. And then we're going for the next, next chapter, next country, whatever. And parallel to that, I was like, and if I, if I needed to do any kind of job, I'm going to do what I like. And I like books. I like to write. I like to read. So I sent an email to a bookstore in Maine and said, I want to work there. It was like that. Two days later, they hired me. Excellent. And then I was I was in heaven. I was in heaven. I was selling books. I was reading new books. We had free books like that were being launched. I was like absolutely happy. And I said, yeah, I'm going to settle down. I'm going to be a bookseller and I'm going to write about that because I love it. And I was like, yeah, I found myself. And then university call. <laughs> First university yeah. out of all of them give you a call. Exactly. The first one was the last application, the, was the first call that I received here mm. while in the US. Then they called me for an interview. Of course, everybody said, no, you need to go, you need to go. Yeah, you need to go because I applied, yeah. And then they called me to go to the campus. I said, yeah, I'm still working in the books. It's good, but I'm going to the campus at least just to see how that goes. And they hired me. In May, they offered that, and I was like, are you kidding me? I was like very pissed with life. Yeah. Yeah. The irony. And so did that and and what did that do to your seven years? So are you still in your seven years or have you ended because it's not twenty one anymore. So now we're in twenty four. So have you ended up extending the seven years? Of course, right? Because (laughs) now I got a contract of five years. Oh yeah. The the first year in university was very hard. I can talk about that if you want, but yeah, now the, the seven years ended last August. So right. in 20, 20, yeah, 23 August. So when you and fulfill on your contract, how many years will you have been here? If, I, if I'm going to finish my contract, which is something that I'm thinking about, so um, it's going to be 12 then. 12 years in total. Wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, but I'm, I, things change. Mm. Things the way that I'm seeing um, the job or the work changed a lot. Right. And nothing is set in stone and things evolve. And things have evolved um, for your family. So you, the, the ties, um, you know, you don't have the B&B tie in um, Maine specifically. Um, but your son doesn't live in Brazil anymore. Is that correct? So your ties no, no. have altered even with Brazil yeah. in this time. Exactly, exactly. Mm. What happened is that now if someone asks me, do you want to go back to Brazil? I said, no, I don't know. Mm. Because uh, right after I left Brazil, my son left Brazil. And he did his adventure too. He went to Panama. He met a French girl. um, He made my granddaughter. And then they're living in Switzerland now. Mm. So my vacations now are Europe. Right. So maybe, and, and in Switzerland. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yes. So it's even that's changed. The, the, exactly. The Europe, Latin America, now you're drawn to, your, now you're drawn to Europe, um, Switzerland, not the Latin exactly. America, not the Latin side of Europe. 
yeah, not Spain and Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's just to show how life is. So, yes. But you're the, al also you're motivated by family then, because it was family. It was supporting and taking care of your husband's family that brought you to America. Um, exactly. Yeah. And now you want to spend your holidays in Switzerland because your son is there and your granddaughter. Well, the plan is not to spend the holidays. The plan is oh. to be there, to live oh, there. Okay. Yes. So this is now oh right. So now we have a very specific new goal. Um and the and the, so the big question will be whether it interrupts the 12 years or whether it comes after the 12 years that's the life that needs to answer me <laughs> because <laughs> i'm telling life like i'm open i'm here if you want me to stay i stay if i if you want me to go to europe before the five years uh, it's fine too um i think the lesson was that we don't control uh we can mm. manage but we don't control and i think we move and we change, and then we're not the same people that left. Mm, mm. Um, although I have specific values that, yes, uh, family is important. Uh, Brazil is not that important anymore because my son is in Switzerland. Never thought about leaving here in Switzerland, but now I'm like, why not? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's I'm, I'm not that needed that left Brazil anymore. You're not what? My son sorry? was there. I'm not the Nivea that left Brazil. Mm. I'm another Nivea that has all this baggage um, of experience. And I think the way now is to think about a, a person of the world. Um, mm. But what's going to move me around is not jobs anymore. Mm. Because I'm capable to do anything. I, mm. I, I learned that. Mm. What moves me around is who I love. Mm, that's beautiful and i think that yeah i think that that that's clear for me that's because people come to me asking all the time oh now that you have your university job that you always like that you teach blah 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 what do you think i said i don't know mm. because i'm not my job anymore no exactly i'm there i i can i'm, I'm enjoy a lot my students i enjoy my colleagues mm. but i'm not invested in a way like i was in brazil like i'm i was my my last name was my job mm, it mm. was um i i'm seeing things in a different way mm. and it's interesting because it all started with love you, you it started with a marriage to somebody who wasn't brazilian who wasn't local to you um and exactly. and it met through you you weren't living in chile but it it started and met, you met because you were living in another country. Um, so how interesting that your your movements have led you to meet someone you love and then now your movements are shaped by who you love. That's very moving, yeah. actually. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think life is, I think maybe my age is making that very clear too because I'm turning 50 and... Now I understand that I passed the half of my life. Mm. Statistically, let's mm. think of it statistically. I passed the half. What am I going to do with the next half or mm. less than a half? Mm. So then you keep like, you put in and put things in perspective and then you keep thinking, what is very important for you? What is very important? And then of course, 
People are different. Someone is going to say, oh, I want to make a lot of money. I want to uh, travel all over. I want I want to be with my loved ones. Mm. That's it. That's what's important. I had, a, I had a friend saying, oh, you're not that old to keep saying that you want to be next to your granddaughter. I said, no, but I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be next to her. I want to see her grow up, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, and there's and there's nothing to stop you traveling back to Brazil or traveling back to America when when you've settled in Switzerland. Exactly. No, I, I'm visiting. Uh, I visit Brazil. It's funny because uh, you pay attention that something broke after all these years far away with my friendships. Of course, my friendships are amazing. I have a lot of friends there, but the values are different. Mm. You, you're a different person when you move, when you change countries, mm. you, you, you may, you, you were different, but, and that's fine. I think, um, I accept my friends. They change, of course, too. They mature in their way, mm. um, in a local way. Um, but I'm, I'm a, I, I see things in a different way. Mm. And sometimes that breaks, breaks friendship. I, mm. I have people that I'm not interested in, in having relationship anymore and mm. it's fine. I think mm. we, we evolved yeah yeah exactly mm. and what would you say what would you say is the biggest thing you're kind of coming away uh, coming away with what's your after nearly eight years or whatever you're in now of living in America and making a move that you never planned you didn't have it as a aspiration um but it's become part of your daily experience now um, you know, what, what would you say are the life lessons or the life? How would you summarize your this entire experience? I, I would say that it was very, very good and very lucky of me to accept that, to not be it, it was it, it was very good. It was very good uh, for me to accept that, that proposal because mm. if I kept in my mind, that, oh, U.S. is the evil, I don't like them, I'm never going to step there, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't meet a lot of beautiful people. Mm. I wouldn't make a lot of good friends. And I wouldn't have this broadened vision of how people can be very good, even in places that we somehow question their mm. external uh, politics and everything. So... Mm. We have people of all types everywhere that we go. And mm. I'm very thankful that I accept that this challenge. So mm. I would say to someone thinking about that, um, I think we just need to be open. And I'm, mm. I'm very glad that I was open. It was painful mm. parts of this, like the post office was painful. But I'm very glad that now I realize that I'm not the job, mm. that I can make friends everywhere that I go. And um, everything comes for some reason. Mm. We just don't know the reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't need to know the reason sometimes. Well, I, I think if I had a way to know, I would ask. <laughs> I, I keep telling that my son and I, we have a list of things. And when we die, we're going to ask why this happened. Why that happened. Like a list of questions. Like if I have someone like saying, Oh, you're doing that because of that. I think I would be more 
less anxious, more peaceful with that. Mm. But yeah, I think it's part of that. It's emotional learning, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it, it's um, acceptance is um, uh, it's a magnificent thing, really, what you're referring yeah. to, because one, it takes courage, you know, to accept. I mean, you were accepting an invitation to effectively stay married, go to another country that you'd never had an interest in. Well, you'd had a huge interest in, but more from a political dynamic than from a I'm exactly. going to go and live there dynamic. And you had your prejudices and you had to give all that up <laughs> or at least consider giving them up in order to assimilate into the culture and, you know, make friends like you have. So it started with acceptance from what you're saying. So that sounds very powerful. And I, I feel that's hard to. Mm. It's hard because we have the delusion of control. Mm. In our life, we have delusion that we can plan. Like, I, I, I know that you have your plans here too, right? Mm. Mm. And what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting you say, you know, I have my plans. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. I literally, I think I'm probably a really bad example of how people should move countries um i've moved countries several times i've never had a plan oh and, that's great and i've literally just kind of thought on my feet and it it can really result in a lot of breakdowns because you know you're you're dealing as you're dealing um but on the other hand um it also allows for a lot of things to open up because you don't have a, a, a set way of how things should go. Although I wouldn't recommend my way. I think if if when if I move again, when I move again, because we will move again, I will put a lot more preparation and thinking and planning into it. I think I think a plan is wise, you know. And it, yeah. it, some kind well, you of you endeavor, you know. You when you came to America, you had a specific endeavor, and I think you know coming to sell the B and B bed and breakfast that was a nice anytime anything in life gets uh maybe too challenging or confronting there's this anchor there's this peace while well, we're here because of this um and I always have had an anchor because you know um when my husband and I have chosen to move we're pretty clear why even if it's not necessarily always because of a job this time it was for a job but when we moved to Nigeria it wasn't for a job we, we just wanted to go live there and um and we would find our way and we did um so yeah but i think sometimes having some endeavor makes a big difference because it serves as an anchor yeah I think it's you're too right. tempting to want to jump ships <laughs> yeah you're right you're right i think when you have a mission maybe that could help but i i feel that my friends in general they want to control everything and i'm a very controlling person so not knowing What's next for me is complicated. And I think this adventure taught me that I just need to trust. Mm. Yeah, trust trust the process, trust life. Absolutely. It's funny yeah. because often when you reflect after, you know, you go through my first 18 months in America wasn't particularly easy. But when I look back, I'm actually grateful for everything and how it happened, the way it happened because it yeah. gave it gave me what it's give, where I'm at now so you can't really 
you know, yeah, for me, I, I, I generally always find the silver lining in everything. And, and so in the moment, if I might be struggling or finding something difficult to endure, but nearly always I'll find the silver lining afterwards because I'll think, ah, oh, but if I hadn't gone through that or if I hadn't learned that, but that doesn't mean there can't be preparation, thinking and planning. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's smart. Yeah. Finding the silver lining is smart instead yeah. of being depressed, bitter or something like that. Yeah. 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 I think that's that's the way to go. Whatever yeah. happens, you're going to find the lesson. You're going to find like the, the beauty of the process. Yeah. And sometimes I think we need to learn something like learning that you can't control everything. You know, COVID taught many of us that. Yep. And then, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, you know, you had more le lessons as well as COVID that, and it's quite freeing in some ways, you know, it can be very unsettling to learn a lesson that's uncomfortable that we can't control everything, but it's also freeing because once you're on the other side of the lesson and you've got that acceptance that you refer to, then you're open to different things. And the irony in your situation is that you were a, a woman on a mission to get um, a teaching job. And then the moment you relaxed and went, hey, you know, okay, universe, give me whatever, give me a bookshop job, it's fine. And then the universe, and you do one last hurrah, and the universe goes, yeah, we'll have you. So much so that it's actually now your fault that you're still in America. So I think that's hilarious. It is my fault. Yeah, it is. It's always our action, right? So uh, we just need to be thankful. I think that's mm. that's the way to go. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. What a beautiful note to end on, that we be thankful. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for your time, Nibir. It's lovely to talk to you. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.